pass over to Andrea first. So, thank you for being here and thank you for inviting me. Uh, it was kind of hard to know who's lives here, who's going to be here, so uh, please excuse my lack of target. Uh, also, if you have questions as we're, as we're going, just fire them on. Uh, if, if it's something we're going to see later, I'll just get on with it. So, um, just for for the crack and to get you talking. So, who can write code? Hands up. Okay. Who can write code and, and does it for the crack often? Okay. Cool. Uh, so, that's good. Uh, so yeah, I'm Andrew Ognowski, founder. He did a really cool intro. I was like, wow, this is an amazing person, but it, it, it didn't connect me. Um, so yeah, at the start, how, how, do, how did you know, like all these things that I did, uh, and they sound amazing, and it's like, oh, a very organized path, it sounds like from, you know, this description, but reality is more kind of like that. Uh, I, I started off by breaking a lot of things. I, I'm sure most of you that, that kind of went into coding have probably destroyed a good few phones, blenders, see if you can make a blender, and you know, that kind of stuff. Uh, it was a curiosity of trying to understand, see, he feels totally it. Uh, <laughs> it was a kind of thing of trying to figure out how stuff works. And I didn't care so much about how certain stuff works. I like things with electronics and that you could make a robot or something cool like that. Anyway, from there, um, basically I got really interested in networking. And uh, then I, found, you know, I went on to college, uh, learned some bits, boring stuff in the middle. And finally I got into uh, writing code. And uh, I was kind of concerned about crafting code. I mean, what is good code? I mean, even even when you get to really uh, like coders of all kinds of experiences, good or, or perfect is something you aspire to, but it's impossible to define. Also, I like cats, so everything I can I put cats into it. If you're into social stuff, just put cats or unicorns. If you're doing the coders, because otherwise we we just have really short attention spans. Just saying. Um, so um, yeah, then crafting code. How do you attain this like perfect code? that you can actually never make. And, and, you know, I was working in this company that I'm not going to mention because it might make them look bad. And I was like, this code sucks. It's so ugly. It's like so hard to work with this. It depresses me to wake up in the morning and go and do this. And then I understand why a lot of people leave the industry. And because it's this ball of mud and you just have no idea. You never dealt with this level of complexity. And suddenly, one of the guys that I worked with was like, yeah, Python is great, because you do things in a Python way. And I was like, oh, okay, well, how would you fix this? Well, we can't do this because this is BB and uh, BB.net and Delphi and all this kind of mess. Uh, and, and so he started telling me about software craftsmanship and Ruby and all languages that I kind of wasn't aware of. And all of that conversation drove me to Ruby Ireland. It was, at the time, a really, really small group. This is a user group founded in, I don't know, I guess 2007, I guess, by a guy called Olivier. And uh, Olivier, I that actually now works in Google. 
and uh, Declan McGrath, who still runs Ruby Ireland, and a bunch of other people. But basically, we went there. Like, well, I went there kind of feeling totally... Hmm? I don't understand. Helps. But basically, uh, these people, you know, it was a really great place to meet people that knew way more stuff than I did, and I could just ask really stupid questions, but without feeling very stupid. You can't ask, how do I fix all the problems in a forum, really? Uh, you kind of need that human interaction, <laughs> and, and you know you need that experience that you only get after fixing a, a board of mod or at least trying to. So that drove me to very soon after create my own user group because I wasn't into Ruby, I was into .NET, um, I was into Delphi, but then Anders went on to Anders the guy that wrote Delphi went on to write C sharp, and uh, I kind of made a decision at the time, okay. I'll go for this because, you know, static typing is good, you know, maybe. You know, what can change one's minds? You know, we can have a discussion about that if anybody wants to. Um, but anyway, the point about this is the user group and stuff, right? So anyway, I created with another guy called, called Claudio Peroni, or Perone. I don't know because I slag him because one, of, one is a beer, and he's Italian as well. Yeah, so Claudio Perone. And, uh, and uh, we found this Al.net. And we, you know, user groups always look like this. In photos, it looks really boring. It looks like people are like being, like, bidding up. No, no, I need to fix this problem. And, but uh, it was fun. I, I was, um, I know, in charge of it for like two or three years. And then I let it go. I went like, you community take charge of this. Uh, and I'm going to go and do our things. And I'll let you know why in a little while. Also, if you're really bored and want to ask anything, or I'm talking about something that doesn't make any sense, please let me know, because I, I love this stuff, but maybe you're like, why is she saying this? Um, so yeah, user group. This one, um, well, in there is where we're starting to do this, uh, this, this, this user group, or most uh, programming user groups in Ireland meet once a month, generally in the same place, generally the same day of the week of the month. So, for example, third week, Wednesday of October, uh, you know, you kind of do some sort of recursive thing, kind of like here, probably. And then, um, yeah, and what you do is generally there's a speaker, there's a live talk. But we started doing uh, hacking, little hacking things, uh, like, like actually that picture there. And that was like a, an open spaces coding day. And basically it was like hack stuff that you want to have on, on a target. Um, and it had like eight, eight hours, so it allows you to actually finish something maybe. Um, so that was fun. Um, when, around the time when I was kind of leaving Al.net, I had a big change. And, and if you play games, this is Skyrim. And <coughs> if you know Skyrim, you know that this is, this is a one-way street. You go and start playing the game, suddenly it's tomorrow. <laughs> I don't know what happened in between. You're like with dragons and stuff, it's amazing. It's, it's a beautiful looking game. Even if you don't play games, turn it on. Like, I'm sure one of your friends have it. Just ask them to let you start it and, and look around. Just walk around, it's amazing. More if you have an Oculus Rift. Ah, oh, so pretty. Um, who needs nature when you have this in place? <laughs> By the way, I love nature and stuff, but whatever. Um, so, yeah, the big change was that, I, 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 you know, meanwhile all these kind of user group things were happening, I was getting more and more experience as a developer. What happens when you get more experience is that you also get more bored. So everything suddenly is like, okay, I've done that, 
I've done that. And it sounds a little bit like, oh, I've done that. But, the, you know, it's slightly harder to get excited about problems like the same problem, basically. So at some point, we started messing around with games and trying to make games. And so I made a game company <laughs> in the end. But, uh, but um, the, the obviously, making a company is kind of time-consuming. Uh, I had to learn a lot about the industry. And actually, AFRA and all the industry in Ireland was really helpful because people were really friendly. But I had to, just, just in case you don't know, I kind of did this, okay, games. There's casual games, you know, like those games. Anybody knows at least one of them, I'm sure? Oh, I see a few people who are addicted to something. Candy Crush, eh? Indies. Yeah? So, like, you have a beautiful game like Journey, Mark of the Ninja, Minecraft. I mean, if you know anybody under 12, they probably, you could be up to say, shut up. And Super Excellent, that's it. actually Terry Kavanagh guy from Ireland who lives in the UK. So, this is, this is different types of games companies in, in the world. Uh, you know, like Castro Mobile, Indies, AAA. So, this is the Skyrim, the uh, Battlefield, Tomb Raider, I don't know. And so, Basically, how I turned from being an uh, enterprise developer into like I made my own company was this. Oh, it's done. Oh, look, I made a game about uh, square hitting our square. Right? Then uh, suddenly, oops, I quit. Goodbye, financial world. Uh, and then I actually feel like I, instead of just having founded a company, I, I made a company, which is other games. Um, and it might seem kind of slightly self-centered to, to say, oh, I've done this. But the thing is, like, it's just trying to give you a little bit of an idea how long it takes to, you know, filling a form for company formation is simple. Actually feeling like you're kind of semi, I wouldn't say in control would be an overstatement, but feeling that you have a grasp of what you're trying to do uh, takes, yeah, a little bit longer. So this is our first game that actually we released and it's called Peter Biotic. This is how it started. It was a completely different game to what we released later, this. <laughs> you know, round, shiny round. <laughs> <laughs> and why I moved to games uh, as, a, as a professional? Uh, the main reason is that I thought that development on it was just really, really cool. And it was, in enterprise, you always deal with a lot of politics, a lot of databases, and a lot of politics, a lot of politics, and then uh, vendors, you know, like you have, oh, but you're, we're using Oracle. <sighs> and so uh, moving to games is, is very liberating from that point of view. You have all technical problems, but they are, they are kind of cool challenges. If, again, questions are very welcome. I don't know if I'm just rambling, kind of crazy. And so yeah, in the 2012 we released P3, uh, and uh, you know it went well, I think. And I, I think the hardest bit about making a game is actually trying to put it out there. It's um, the, the that thing about trying to sell the game is so not native to the way I am, and. I don't, you know, probably I'd be like, I don't know, you know, we could have done something better with that shader instead of saying, yeah, it's amazing, it's so much fun, which is what you should be doing. And 
So I don't know, basically, if you're thinking of doing this, get a marketing person that is amazingly good who loves games, because I don't have one. Also, if you know them, actually don't get them, pass them on. Um, so in 2012, we created GameCraft, but we created Parkhead, but actually, at the same time, we started GameCraft. GameCraft is this uh, amazing uh, game jam that we do. That's, they go between 8 and 12 hours. And uh, basically, this is kind of like a... It's not a user group because we don't meet up constantly, but we do meet up, say, every few months, and we organize food, like lots of nice food, actually. And we say, right, the theme is people sitting in a round shape. Make a game. And uh, people actually make a game, which is crazy. And so, yeah, and, you know, it's like that thing of... Uh, there was a hun like hundreds of games made. We, we had over, I think something like 12 game crafts already. Um, we went to London, New York, Derry, Belfast, uh, Cork, all places that are amazing. Yeah, actually, well, we're kind of helping with uh, helping Global Game Jam, which is another bigger game jam that happens all over the world. But uh, and and this is in Microsoft uh, on, from the 24th to the 26th. And by the way, if you want to drop by to see how it's like, you're totally welcome. If you come with cookies or anything else, they are even, you're even going to be more welcome. Just saying. Um, so, yeah. and uh, Actually, there's sort of four more plans for two for New York, two for London for this year already. And we turned that into a foundation. Because uh, a foundation, I call it a, it's kind of like a not-for-profit. So the idea of it is that even if I decide to go off and decide to do something else, uh, GameCraft has an idea, and I think that it's something that the community truly owns, and that they, they can make it happen if they want to. So self-organization is very, very important in these things. Um, actually, the next slide is more about what I just said before. Um, I was looking for a business person, I was trying to put a picture of myself on top, but, but most of them were like this, which is really funny. Um, sorry, I just kind of thought it was funny. So yeah, Game Quest is really cool. They, they look slightly funnier than the other uh, hacking events. I don't know, you know, people are standing up. It looks like, oh! <laughs> uh, there, there is a big hype at the end, because you get to play each other's games. So imagine you were on the game jam, right? So say each two of you made a game. So at the end we say, right, you've done making, you're done making the game. Now you go play Charles' game. You have to vote for someone else's game. And uh, so people actually talk to each other. It's, it's really hard. But uh, actually, some of those games also got into um, stores like uh, mobile games, uh, into Android, Ouya, or stuff. I don't know. And so that was kind of like the game crafting thing, sentence. And about uh, Batcat, I, I kind of wanted to make it that I was thinking of this presentation and I think that goes like, okay, everything is kind of linear until I decide to start a company and start GameCraft at the same time, so it kind of bifurcates. So I was talking about GameCraft and I have to slightly non-linearly talk about Batcat, which is like, this is what the game looked like in 2012. I don't know if the, the Predictor makes a lot of uh, sense, but particularly the top image is very, you know, stylized but non-defined. And by the way, we were also writing our own engine. And there's an old saying um, <laughs> that says 
<laughs> teach a man to write a, a game, and they, they, they write a game, but it to teach a man to write their own game engine, they'll never deliver anything, ever. <laughs> I always say things wrong, just, just, just saying. I, I, the bird always catches the bird, or, you know what I mean? <laughs> um, so yeah, we were writing our own engine, which is really, really smart, um, and, and I say smart in a super demeaning way. Um, it wasn't very smart. It's really fun as a developer, but it, it's tough. Uh, and then uh, we found this R game engine that's called Duality. And the things like this uh, game engine, uh, it was basically trying to do what we, it was already doing what we were trying to do. And it was open source. And so now we're using that game engine. So we're kind of nearly starting to actually deliver a game. So that, those pictures that I showed there is actually how the game is looking now. And, you know, okay, shiny stuff, um, or shiny stuff from the back. These this are like complicated things in graphics. Uh, or not terribly complicated, but slightly more complicated. And, um, you know, big boss that's animated. Animated something that's not trivial. Um, destructible buildings. So this actually breaks. You can't see that because I didn't want to put a huge video in presentation. Uh, I don't know. And different kind of skies, multiple levels, and that's what an engine kind of gives you. Um, that we didn't really have before, but uh, so this is kind of more defined, like more polished. If you remember that image from like here, <coughs> the, the top one to like there, we change, uh, and that's actually in game. So that's the actual running thing. If, if, if you don't do games, this is not, this is like two pictures, who cares? But it's <laughs> something more complicated than that. Um, I hope that made some sense. Mm -hmm. um, I don't know, questions? 